Let us pray. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now in this time of this mortal life in which your son Jesus Christ came to visit us in great humility. Amen. Please be seated. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. No, I'm not wrong. I know you think I might be off my rocker, but I didn't get into the eggnog early. Don't worry. Well, I have had some. Today we start the new year for the church calendar. This is the beginning of Advent, and the beginning of Advent, we go into another year, and we start it off with, with waiting. Once again, we um, begin a year and put things in its proper context, the fact that we're waiting for our Lord. We're waiting for Jesus to come back to save us. And you know, Advent comes from a Latin word that means that. It's uh, advenir, which means to come. And so we're waiting for him to come. It's an old season in the church. Bishop Perpetuus of Tours in 490 proclaimed a fast that began with St. Martin's Day. Anybody know what St. Martin's Day is? I see some heads nodding. It's the 11th of the 11th the 11th day of the 11th month. What we know as Veterans Day actually goes back all the way to St. Martin, who was a soldier. St. Martin's Day started the season of Advent back in the beginning because the church in its wisdom said we need to get a grasp on preparing for Christmas. We need to get a grasp on what it is that rules all time, the coming of Jesus. And of course, we know, and you've probably heard some sermons on the fact, that Advent's not just about Christmas, right? It's not just about waiting for Jesus to come that day back in a manger in Bethlehem. But as a matter of fact, it's about waiting in three different ways. And we're going to look briefly at those today. First of all, it's about waiting for Jesus Christ to come in glory, at the end of time. So if you were scratching your head during the readings today that speak of Jesus' return coming with all of the angels, scratch your head no more. The reason is that the first Sunday of Advent looks forward to the coming of Christ back in the flesh, not back to Bethlehem. There's a second way that we look for Christ's coming too. We look for Jesus' coming in our hearts. And that's something that happens every single day through the Holy Spirit. And then thirdly, of course, we do look back to Bethlehem. We look to the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, in the past, because in that momentous event, God did come to save us, his people. So we have an advent, past, present, and future, and yet we begin today with future, the final coming of Christ in glory. We saw that in the texts, and the texts today are meant to instill in us three different things, as I see it. Number one, an active waiting, 
a participatory preparation. Number two, a sincere lamenting. Lamenting the fact that Christ is not here yet. And so there's still so much wrong with the world and so much wrong with us. And number three, that we might train or be disciplined so that indeed, as our Lord says in the gospel, we might be awake when Jesus comes to us. Because he will come and no man knows the hour or the time, whether it's at the end of time or when it's our death. Be awake, Jesus says to us. So I ask you, what's the most exciting thing you've ever waited for? What's the most exciting thing you've ever waited for? The waiting of Advent is like that. Maybe it was a wedding, maybe it was a family event. Secondly, I ask you, what's one of the hardest things that you've ever gone through that you wanted to have over? Because that's the lament of Advent, that this could be done with, that the sin and iniquity could be cast off, that all might be made right. Number three, what's the hardest thing you've ever prepared for? Maybe it was a test, or maybe it was awaiting the results of a medical test, or maybe it was preparing for a marathon. Some things we can prepare for better than others. We wait, we lament, and we train for Advent. So we see in today's Bible readings, Jesus Christ's coming in glory is meant to give us a hope, meant to give us something secure to put that waiting, that lamenting, and that training into contextually. Look with me at Mark chapter 13, verse 24, if you have your Bibles with you, or it's also found in your insert. Mark chapter 13, verse 24. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels to gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. There will be trial and tribulation for the church we see here. It's not going to be easy. But Jesus' promise is that he will come back and that his angels will come and gather the elect. Do you know who the elect are? Huh? The Irish? The Irish? Uh, I don't know about that. Um, certainly the suffering. But uh, the elect are the church. Those that are found in Jesus Christ. So this image of Jesus' return is not to focus us with dread, but to focus us with hope. Yes, there's a place for Christ's dreadful majesty, the fact that he will come to judge the living and the dead. And yet this text is trying to give us this hope that Jesus will come back, that you can set your, your, your sights on it. You can be sure of it. It will happen. It will happen. 
He'll gather the elect, the church. You know, one of the prayers that we pray as the church is that they all may be one, right? And so this is a reality that we lament. Unfortunately, the churches are not all one, right? One of the biggest things that outsiders say about the Christian church is they fight more with each other than they do good, right? You've probably heard that from your friends at times. We certainly have read statistics and articles about that, that those Christians, they just fight with each other. Why would, why would we want to be a part of that, says the world? And indeed, the world's not wrong in that when they see us, much to our shame. And yet, the miraculous, one of the miraculous promises of Jesus is that we will one day all be one under the headship of Christ that we will one day all joyfully submit to Jesus' leadership and be in perfect relationship with one another. That's something to hope for. That's something to prepare for. It's something to the lament is not here yet, but it's something to train for as well. What stands in our way of being one? What would it be like for all Christians to be united from every nation and every land. Well, we get tastes of it, don't we? When we have some big uh, conferences or synods or maybe big church services of various traditions. Sometimes you see this in weddings and funerals even because you've got people coming together to worship God that wouldn't be worshiping God together otherwise. We get tastes of that unity. And yet we lament that it's not the case yet. John Calvin, a reformer, writes, for, for though the church be now tormented by the malice of men, or even broken by the violence of the billows, and miserably torn in pieces, so as to have no stability in the world, yet we ought to always cherish with confident hope, because it will not be by human means, but by heavenly power, which will be far superior to every obstacle that the Lord will gather his church. What's Calvin saying? That it's only by God's divine interference that we all may be one. And so it is for everything else that's wrong with the world. Advent celebrates the fact that our Lord Jesus invaded this world started the ball rolling, brought forth the kingdom of God in a dark place. It celebrates the fact that Jesus comes to you every day, hoping to invade your world. Yeah, that can be intimidating, but ultimately it's a wonderful thing because only when Jesus invades our world and puts on his grace, as we read in that collect, that we're able to cast off the works of darkness. And finally, we look to the future, that Jesus will come to this world once again and put all wrongs right and restore all relationships. So I invite you on a journey with me this Advent. Try to celebrate and prepare for Christ's coming at the end of time. Daily prepare for his coming in your heart. And, of course, fondly remember that he has entered this world and has not left us alone. 
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.